Support for the Blueprint Podcast comes from the Sands Institute. If you like the topics covered in this podcast and would like to learn more about Blue Team fundamentals, such as host and network data collection, threat detection, alert triage, threat intelligence, and more, check out my new course, SEC 450 Blue Team Fundamentals. This course is designed to bring attendees the information that every SOC analyst and Blue Team member needs to know to hit the ground running, including 15 labs that get you hands-on with tools for threat intelligence, SIM, incident management, automation, and much, much more. This course is everything you need to launch your Blue Team career. Check out the details at sansurl.com slash 450. Hope to see you in class. This is the Blueprint Podcast, bringing you the latest in cyber defense and security operations from top Blue Team leaders. Blueprint is brought to you by the SANS Institute and is hosted by SANS Certified Instructor John Hubbard. And now, here's your host, John Hubbard. This week on the podcast, the final episode of season two. We are going to go through some of the key points made by our guests throughout this season, as well as the trends and future of blue teaming as it looks at this point in 2021. I also have an incredibly exciting announcement. For those who have or are thinking about taking Sec 450 Blue Team Fundamentals, stay tuned at the end of the episode for an exciting announcement about a brand new Blue Team GX certification. Yep, the wait is over and the details are coming your way. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blueprint Podcast. This week, it's just me. Wanted to go over some key points that we learned about this season as we went through the podcast. First off, we had our John Hensinski episode in episode 11, our sock metrics. I loved this conversation. It was incredibly inspiring to see John's passion for sock metrics, sock management, and security operations just purely shine through. He's full of a lot of great ideas, and some of the stuff he's doing and some of the blog posts he writes for his employer have been really, really inspiring in terms of pointing the blue team community in the right direction. And I really think he's a person to absolutely follow when it comes to this sort of a thing, especially if you are a SOC manager. One of the key takeaways, I think, from this episode is the mindset of not only looking at your own industry when it comes to solving a problem, but looking at other industries, especially ones that have had a problem for a really long time. And that problem is really, really important and has a scientific, well-established solution. Is there a way that we can bring those solutions into information security and leverage the hard work that's already been done to solve our own problems? I think that's an incredibly smart way of going about problem solving, really for any industry. And I think John really embodied that when he was talking about sampling the quality of alerts that had been done and looking for defects and all sorts of stuff like that. Really, really good episode there with a ton of awesome takeaways, especially for the SOC managers out there. Next, we had our episode with Ryan Chapman. Ryan Chapman is a malware and ransomware specifically expert. Ryan has shown time after time that he really understands how these attacks work. And considering the types of attacks that we've seen throughout the years, and especially over 2020 and into 2021, the attackers going after hospitals and gas pipelines and so on, this is something that I'm predicting is going to become worse before it becomes better. We have seen, at least at this point, a little bit of government interest in stopping this. We're going to have to see where it goes. For now, what I can recommend to people is to read about how these attacks work. A lot of times these attackers will get into your environment and it will be a matter of hours or even minutes if you haven't patched until they have full control of your infrastructure. If you go out to websites like the DFER report, you can see full on 
incident response reports about how these groups have operated to take over an environment within five hours, within two hours. And I've even seen articles that mention times much less than this. This means for us as blue teamers, we are going to have to react even quicker than we normally would. When I teach, I often talk about the OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, act. And that is something where not only do you have to get all four of those stages right to get security operations acting in the appropriate way, but you also have to do it quickly. And if you don't react as fast or faster than the attackers, and we know these attackers act really, really fast, we are going to be in a world of trouble that is not going to resolve. So whether that means getting better tools, getting better visibility, improving your detection capability, Whatever it is that helps you out, that is going to be an absolute necessity and a key part of your defense towards ransomware. In our third episode, we talked with Josh Brower, who is the creator of the playbook application for Security Onion. As I said in the episode, I'm really thrilled with the direction where open source software is going like Security Onion and really all sorts of tools throughout the entire industry. There's a lot of really great stuff coming out for blue teamers that is going to really help make our lives easier. And a lot of those things focus around the process that's so key to our day-to-day alert-by-alert experience. And Josh's tying together of a use case database and signatures with Sigma in the playbook application is one absolutely perfect example of this sort of convergence happening. And I really look forward to seeing where that software goes and all of the efforts that the Security Onion team brings to us going forward. In our fourth episode, we talked with Tanya Jenka about AppSec, DevOps, and DevSecOps. Honestly, I was a little bit scared going into this episode because that is not a world that I have lived in very much. I know some people that do those things, but I was worried if this was going to be a conversation that I would be able to follow or if it was something that would tie close enough to the blue team world to make it an awesome episode. It absolutely did. This episode was great, and I had a lot of extensive feedback on this from people that just loved that interview and really said it showed them where the future of security is going and that it's not just about collecting network data and endpoint data, but also about the whole spectrum of development and saying, what are the new applications we're bringing online and how can we as the security team with expertise in this information inject ourselves earlier in the process or shift left, as Tanya said. I would call this one a must-listen episode, especially for those who don't know anything about AppSec, DevOps, or DevSecOps. The big takeaway here is that security needs to get involved as early as possible and not try to bolt itself on at the end after it's highly likely things may have already gone wrong. In our fifth episode, we talked with Rob Vanos about maturing your cyber defense capabilities. Now with Rob, this conversation was all about his SOC CMM framework. That framework is a really, really in-depth measurement tool that you can use to judge, is my SOC doing what we need to be doing? And how well are we doing those things? As he mentioned, this is a very thorough set of assessments that you can perform that will look at how your SOC is capable of dealing with some of the most important pieces of security. There is a whole series of categories, everything from vulnerability management to incident response and more, that if you spend the day to try to look around your SOC and say, can we do this and how well can we do this, we'll give you a really thorough picture at the end to tell you where you need to work and what you're already doing well. We also talked about the Magma use case documentation framework and the Tahiti threat hunting methodology, which are great resources for anyone looking to do those activities. In our sixth episode this season, I was able to talk with Anton Shuvakin. 
Anton's someone I've been reading the blog posts and research from for a long time, and I was ecstatic to get a chance to talk with him. Anton is a real veteran of this industry, and I think is really able to cut through the core of marketing hype and say exactly what security teams need and understand how the tools in the market are either catering to that or not. In this episode, we talked about tools that are the most important for any security operations team to have, as well as the importance of automation and some of the newer technologies that are coming out, and even things like XDR which is a technology that's just starting to emerge and as we talked about during the episode may be a little underdefined even at this point. Anton was one of those people that I encourage everyone to follow online. He's one of those rare people who can really distill a problem down to its core and then talk about how solutions address that problem and the real needs of the security community. His stuff is always fantastic and I'm really glad we had him on the podcast. After Anton, we talked with Flynn Weeks and Mick Douglas about their What to Log project. This is one of those things that as soon as I saw it, I was like, we definitely need to have them on the podcast. As I've said over and over, my goal with this podcast is to just help spread the word of the most useful things to the security community. And this was one of those tools I saw and I'm like, yes, people need to have this. Very, very often people are asking, what do I need to log? It's a confusing problem, right? With a million different options of what to log just in Windows alone, let alone Linux and Mac and cloud and software as a service and platform as a service and functions and containers and everything else in the world, right? How can we possibly know what we need to log for the most common security use cases? And because of this effort from Flynn and Mick, the world has at least a better answer to part of that problem. Just figuring out an auditing policy is a big problem for a lot of teams, especially the smaller ones. If you have any questions about where to make a solid baseline for security logging, check out their What to Log project at what the number two log.com. Following Flynn and Mick, we talked with Chris Baker about vulnerability management. This is one of those topics that is very closely related to the security operations team, but sometimes is a separate group. And for that reason, I wanted to bring Chris on, who's someone I've known for almost a decade now, to talk about his experience with vulnerability management. A lot of his experience during that period is something that I directly worked on him with when I was a SOC manager myself. And so we got to work in a day-to-day capacity, and I got to see some of the problems he had faced and how he overcame those with some clever and innovative solutions. For anyone who's struggling to figure out what to do with vulnerability management or how to take that data and present it in a way that's meaningful, I think Chris has come up with some really good solutions to those problems that we discussed in that episode. Communicating the importance of patching is one of those things that's just of utmost importance. It's at the top of the critical security controls list every single time. And when you look back at those ransomware attacks that are written up on websites like the DFA report or really anytime you see a ransomware attack, largely the ones that progress really, really quickly are the ones that can exploit a high criticality vulnerability that should have been patched. Things like the proxy logon vulnerability allow attackers to get into an environment merely from phishing a single person and then step from the role of an individual non-administrative user directly to the domain administrator, which is something that cannot happen. And the thing that stops that from occurring is the vulnerability management team. If you don't know those vulnerabilities are there, you can't patch them. And if you don't communicate the importance of those vulnerabilities, then they won't get patched. 
Either way, the process is broken. So this is one thing that every single team needs to focus on. Whether vulnerability management is part of your SOC or not, you must pay attention to this role because it may make literally the difference between a compromise that is over in an hour or less or something that causes the attackers a lot of struggle and time and hopefully you stop before they actually pull off. Following the episode with Chris Baker, we had an interview with Josh Johnson, certified SANS instructor and author of the brand new SEC 586, which is a course all about PowerShell for defenders. Defenders, look, PowerShell has the name power in it for a reason. It is incredibly powerful, right? It will help you get your day-to-day work done. However, I understand your fear. It looks a little bit ugly. It's something that for a long time you may have not considered even using unless you were a programmer, but that has to change. It is a free tool. It's available to all of us. The attackers are already using it, which means we need to step up our PowerShell game. That episode was full of so many nuggets of gold from how do you use PowerShell to defend your network, how do you use it for incident response, to all the way to how do you stop attackers from using it. It may be one of the most actionable episodes that we've ever put out, and I highly encourage everyone to listen to that one and listen to it again if you haven't had a chance to implement all the stuff Josh talks about. Josh is clearly a PowerShell expert here, and that was one episode that really inspired me to look further into PowerShell myself And of course, want to take his class. Maybe I'll share the classroom and be in there with some of you in the near future. Either way, the takeaways from that episode were clear. PowerShell is incredibly useful. It's incredibly important. And it's something you need to know how to defend against and use for your own benefit. In the 10th episode of this season, we got to talk with Jamie Williams from MITRE. Anytime I get to talk to someone from MITRE, it's always a great conversation where I learn a ton, and talking with Jamie was no exception to that rule. We talked about adversary emulation in that episode and the importance of doing it to make sure that your security operations team can actually defend against a real-world attacker. That's one of the most important things when it comes to building cyber defense. Yes, we can say, checkbox, we got the tools, we got the logs, But when the rubber hits the road, are you actually going to be able to defend against a real attacker, especially the attacker that's most likely to come after you? Without adversary emulation and some attempt to pretend to be that adversary, you don't know the answer to that question. This is an incredibly important practice for everyone to understand how to do and to understand the importance of. And I'm really thankful that Jamie was able to come on that episode and give everyone the lowdown on how to do adversary emulation, what to look for, and how to succeed in that area. Following Jamie, we had AJ Yon from ByteCheck. AJ is clearly an incredibly talented person when it comes to defending against cloud attacks, and I really appreciate the knowledge he was able to share with us on that episode. We have seen year after year attacks that have been perpetrated against cloud infrastructure that was poorly locked down. If companies knew what they were doing, then these kind of things wouldn't happen. But easier said than done, right? If we know about these tools, then we know that there are things built into these platforms that can prevent us from making these very understandable, but still unfortunately common mistakes. And so that's why I wanted to have AJ on the episode. I think he is clearly someone that can say, these are the things you need to worry about. These are the fixes to those problems, which do exist, by the way. All you have to do is implement them. And having seen these in organization after organization where he goes and checks for configuration mistakes and things like that, AJ is the natural expert for explaining this sort of thing. And I think he helped create an outstanding episode that really pointed out 
what people need to do to lock down their environment and make sure it stays that way. The big takeaway for me from this episode was that so many of the mistakes made in cloud infrastructure are 100% preventable if you know to use the features that are out there. If this is something that you are involved in, please go listen to this episode if you didn't hear it. There was an incredible amount of actionable information packed into that episode, and I wouldn't want anyone to miss it given the prevalence and importance of locking down cloud infrastructure in 2021. Our final episode of the season was Thomas Densner and Mark Marozinski from Microsoft, where we talked about Microsoft's brand new incident response playbooks. These are super, super cool. If you hadn't had a chance to check those out, absolutely go look at that webpage. Thomas has spent a ton of time with his team going through all of the options and all of the things that you should do to most effectively respond to some of the most common attacks. This is a thing that I'm really excited about because anytime we can get a standard in information security where we can say, here are the people that know exactly what to do in a common scenario, and here is the well-thought-out, battle-tested solution, I'm all for it. And that's exactly what this project is here. So really good episode there and really promising project, and I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes in the future. So that sums up Blueprint Season 2. I hope you got something out of these episodes. As I've said from the start, my goal here is to jump right into the value as quickly as possible. And I hope I hit that goal for you, teaching you some awesome stuff and introducing you to some of the incredible people in the blue teaming industry and beyond along the way. Now, the announcement you've been waiting for. For those of you who are out there that are working on a blue team or are looking to work on a blue team, or especially those who have already taken my SEC 450 course, the long-awaited, long-requested moment is here. GIAC has announced that there will be a brand new certification for SEC 450. We are going to call it, naturally, the GSOC, which is an acronym for GIAC Security Operations Certified. Hopefully a clear title that gets to the point of this certification. When I set off to write SEC 450, I was trying to solve a problem that I had myself. Getting analysts, especially new ones, into a position where they understand the fundamentals and key portions of being on a cyber defense team, whether that's the tools, how the tools are supposed to work, how the tools are supposed to connect, to the data ingested in those tools, analysis techniques, how to triage alerts that come into those tools on a day-to-day -day basis, how to start up an incident response and contain an incident that's already in progress, even things like how to prevent burnout, which is something that can clearly affect people in this job depending on how you run the SOC, which is why I've included not only the scientific research on how to run a SOC in a way that will avoid burnout, but also some of the practical tips that align with that, like false positive tuning, automation, and much, much more. Basically, the most efficient and compact training possible for all the things someone working in a security operations center day-to-day -day needs to know. That was my goal of what I wanted to pack into SEC 450. And I think I've done a decent job hitting that goal, seeing the comments from students who have taken it over the last two years. The releasing of the GSOC is the culmination of years of work from myself and many people helping me in the background. And I'm incredibly appreciative for all the help I've gotten along the way. From everyone, from students with their incredibly crucial feedback with all those evals we give you every day, to marketing from SANS, to the tech reviewers, to fellow instructors that gave me advice on what should and should not be in the class. In a world with tons of certification options, I looked out and I didn't see something that fit this exact niche. And so I hope that this contribution to the InfoSec industry helps you and helps employers out there identify those who have gone through the struggle to learn these difficult concepts. 
This certification is planned to come out at the end of August in this year, so just a few months away from the recording of this episode. For those of you who are an alumni of the course, you may have already seen an email in your inbox from GIAC about being a beta tester for this certification, something I encourage anyone that wants to do it to consider. We'll be offering special pricing to those who have already taken the course, and anyone that has taken the course way back a couple years ago, all the way back to the beta, should still have all the information they need to be eligible to pass the test. Feel free to contact me or GIAC with any questions you have about this certification. Finally, before we close up the episode, I have to mention one more thing. On September 9th, we are going to be hosting the first ever virtual online free SANS Blue Team Summit. And it is going to be the biggest Blue Team Summit in history. Anyone, anywhere can go and sign up for this free online event. And so I encourage every single person listening to this podcast to do so. The more of you that show up, the better it will be for all of us. All you need to do is head over to Google and search SANS Blue Team Summit and you will find the registration page no problem. The summit is going to be hosted by myself and Justin Henderson. And if you've seen us present before, you know it's going to be a good time. I really hope to see you there. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the second season of the Blueprint Podcast. I've received a lot of great feedback and have really enjoyed making these episodes and talking to these people from around the world in the blue teaming industry. I am certainly going to be back with a season three. Don't know when yet but we will be working on that probably near the end of the summer. If you're looking for some extra content in the meantime, do not forget to check out the SANS Blue Team Ops YouTube channel. We are putting more and more content on that every single week. We're doing live streams with Q&As and much, much more. Several of the other SANS Blue Team instructors have YouTube channels that are active where we do live streams as well, myself included. Just search for SecHub on YouTube and you'll find me. A final special shout out to Stephen Hart, who is the producer of Blueprint and the inspiration for this podcast happening in the first place. Stephen, I couldn't have done it without you. Thank you so much for all your help along the way. And to the listeners, thank you so much. And I hope to see you at an in-person event sometime soon. This is John Hubbard signing off. Hey, Blue Teamers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Blueprint. If you've got a second and want to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would be really, really meaningful to us. And if you have any ideas or suggestions, I would love to hear them. Your reviews are going to be one of the best ways to help others find this podcast. So anything you could do would be a big help. As always, thank you for listening. You can connect to me on social at SecHub, S-E-C-H-U-B-B on Twitter or on LinkedIn. So until next time, thank you for listening to the Blueprint Podcast.